Hey, it's Sioux City Journal Sports Editor Zach James. Thank you so much for catching the digital side of SiouxCityJournal.com. You're about to listen to the Playbook Pundits podcast, which you can also find on video form at SiouxCityJournal.com. Yes, I went with a different name when we recorded the video, but we just thought Playbook Pundits had a little catchier tune to it. So we'll call it that for the rest of the way. To follow us on Twitter, follow me on Twitter at Zachary W. James. And follow Shane on Twitter at Shane Am Lance. Without further ado, check out the first edition of the Playbook Pundits Podcast. Hi, and welcome into the first edition of the Lance and James Podcast here on SiouxCityJournal.com. My name is Zach James. I'm the sports editor of the Sioux City Journal. And sitting alongside me is Shane Lance, the assistant sports editor of the Sioux City Journal. We apologize we haven't been able to put together any digital content over the last six or seven months. And we do apologize for that. But we thank you for sticking around and trying us out here uh, in this first edition. Uh, We've gone through some new transition here in the sports department. Uh, Shane has came on and right around what? The March, March April ish. Yeah. March and, 8th, I think was And my he's first been day. doing a fantastic job for us. And we thought, since he's been settled in a little bit here in the Siouxland for a while, we thought we'd uh, throw him into the digital mix of things. Um, Shane, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got here, all that good mumbo jumbo? Absolutely. Well, I came to Sioux City from Mason City, uh, just about three hours east of here. Um, was the preps reporter there for just over two years and then came here. Uh, originally came from Seattle, Washington. Uh, I worked for the Seattle Times for just about two years. Uh, went to the University of Washington where I started out in journalism. Um, so yeah, now that it is uh, seven years on, I've, I'm still in the journalism game, still covering sports and having a blast out here in Siouxland right now. I was just about to ask, what do you think of the Siouxland so far? What are you most impressed by by this area just the passion that people have out here i mean i when i first started covering stuff for the journal it was uh high school basketball uh state championship time yeah just the size of the crowds out there for those schools and how passionate they were it's it's really been fun and even baseball and softball season just uh and track as well i mean just the fans they show up out here they really they support their teams and I've had a I've had a lot of fun covering not only high school but college stuff and uh, Sioux City Explorers, uh, Musketeers, like just all kinds of stuff to cover out here. What are you most looking forward to covering as as we enter the fall season this week? Ooh, I think just kind of getting an idea of the the high school football scene around mm-hmm. here. Um, as we'll get into, I've already covered one uh, high school game uh, last week, but. Just anywhere that I've ever been covered high school football, the fans have been passionate. They've been loud and crazy, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what uh, Northwest Iowa can bring to the table. Well, let's hop right into the Siouxland environment as it pertains to high school football. As you alluded to last week, you covered a game between Homer and World Concord Colvidge, and LCC pulled away from Homer very early. And the uh, big reason due to that was having Evan H of LCC. Oh, absolutely. That was uh, it was after the first drive. Uh, Homer they went three and out on their first drive, and Evan H he took the ball very first play and went 65 yards for a touchdown, which one heck of a way to start yeah. a ball game. 
Um, next drive, Homer again, three and out. And Evan takes the ball, first play of the next drive for LCC, takes it 60 yards for a touchdown. So after two plays, he had 125 yards and two touchdowns. I, I think he finished with 232 total yards and four touchdowns. Impressive. Very impressive. I was just I was blown away by his speed. I mean, he his speed and his uh, his ability to just lay the lumber to defenders. It's really it was a lot of fun to watch. Well, we get to cover two games this upcoming week. There's a Thursday night game this this week, and also a Friday night game this week. The Thursday night game is between South Sioux City and Sioux City North. That'll be at Elwood Olson Stadium Thursday night at seven o'clock. Um, both programs kind of going in a similar direction. Both trying to. Up the ante from what they did last year. South Sioux struggled last year, but North North made some progress from 2020 to 2021. South Sioux has a lot of new guys on the roster. I think South Sioux just has to find a way to climb the ladder. And what I mean by that is get a get a win, get a win against maybe North, maybe against the West, and then build from there. B- building is a big thing that Coach Christopher Stein talked about. Uh, in his interview with me in the preseason. But on the north side, I think they can win three, four games with, with the kids that they have. And with Carson Stroh being that quarterback, mm-hmm. I think North has set themselves up with a good young quarterback. Yeah, I think they, they have a shot to win uh, a few more games. I mean, they've, they've made progress from 2019 to now. I think 1-8 and eight was their record in 2019. They went 3-5 and five last season. Um, talking to Desmond Grace, he said they want seven out of nine this season. That's, so they're, yeah, they're hey. shooting for the moon, and I respect it. I mean, they do have, like you mentioned, Carson Strobean, who is the son of uh, Bandit's coach, uh, Irv Strobean. Yes. So a little bit of a local football connection there. Um, seems like a very good kid. I got to talk to him uh, last week at Media Day. Um, the coaches seem uh, pretty confident in his arm and his decision-making. Still pretty young guy, um, but... I think they're they're excited for the growth. Um, just seeing what they have. I mean, like I mentioned, uh, Desmond Grace. They've got uh, Brady there at running back. Yes. I think they can. They have, definitely have the offensive playmakers. So I'm I'm very looking very much looking forward to seeing. And, and to your point, I think defense is going to be a big thing too for North. How can they can? I think I think you're right. I think they can score. I think they have do have the capabilities to score in multiple possessions a night. But I think it's. It's the defense that's going to have to be the big key for the stars. And they do have quite a few guys coming back. If I remember, I think it was six out of their eight guys up front and linebackers are coming back. So secondary is a little bit of a question mark. And uh, Coach Moore, he he admitted that. I mean, he he doesn't really know what they're going to see game time, but he's excited to uh, figure out what the new pieces are and um, I guess since I'll be there Thursday, I'm yes. excited to see that too. The game you're covering on Friday night is Lamar's at Sergeant Blue Fluton. Uh, that SBL should have a really, really good team this year. I talked about my season preview. By the way, the football tab comes out in Friday's edition of the journal, so be out on the lookout for that. And I talked about in my preview how can Sergeant Bluff clean them? clean up the small mistakes. It, they're not big mistakes, they're che- teachable mistakes. And the coaching staff made a point throughout the season to kind of correct those mistakes through film, through drills, through any way they could throughout the offseason. I think the student athletes at SBL kind of realized that, hey, if we clean up these small little things, we have the guys in this group who can kind of, who can have the potential to not only make it to the Uni Dome, but maybe even the Class 3A championship game in late November. So I'm eager to see what SBL does with Tyler 
Smith at quarterback, Jacob Hemming at tight end, a lot of good guys on defense, including Jason Dixon. So I'm going to see what SBL does. But Lamar's on the other hand, Shane, they won, I think, one game last year, and that came against Bishop Heeland right at the end of his season. How do you think SBL can kind of stay with, not stay with SBL throughout the season, but on the season, kind of like what we talked about with South Sioux, do you think they can climb the ladder and build and get some additional wins in there? I, I kind of have, I guess, with the, the beginning of the season, I think every team has the potential right. to. I mean, I, I'm a bit of an optimist by trace. <laughs> so all the teams that are have been struggling the last couple of years, I mean, your teams like, uh, uh, you mentioned Lamar's, and you have teams like Sioux City West, I have faith in all of them to be able to come out with another win or two. Um, I think just what it's going to take is an ability on defense just to be able to stop uh, the the opposing offense. I mean, offense is it's the flashy part of the game. Yes. It's, it's what people love to watch. But any good team, I mean, as a, a Seattle Seahawks fan for the past 20 years, I can tell you a good defense yeah. is really what puts a football yes. team over the top. Yes. So that's that's kind of what I what I preach to people is enjoy your offense, but if you really want a good team, you really have to have a strong, especially defensive line. Another strong dynamic to this partnership, by the way, he's a Seahawks fan. I'm a 49ers fan, so that'll be that'll be interesting to deal with throughout the fall. We've gotten along well so yes, far. We have. We'll see yes, we have. We'll see what happens in the fall. Only two Sundays we probably won't get along throughout the yeah. season. <laughs> Another game that we'll be staffing this week is Sioux City East against Bishop Heelan. Barry Poe will be covering that game for the journal. That game went into double overtime last year. I got to cover that game, and it was just an extremely competitive game uh, for East and Heelan, and a good way for Heelan to start out the Chad Moseman era. Uh, the big key for East in last year's game against the Crusaders was they hit DeVarius Whitaker. Well, he's not there anymore. He transferred back down home to Arkansas for his senior year so he could stand out in basketball and, and football as well. So, East doesn't have that, but they have some good kids coming back, too. Luke Wongall is among those kids. Who else impresses you about East? I think Ethan Snyder is one that I'm pretty impressed with. I mean, just a, a big kid, um, going to play some tight end this year. Um, he was one of the, the few players that I talked to. I got to talk to Luke Longfall and Ethan at, uh, at Media Day. Um, and just his size is what impresses me. Just for a high school kid, he's built pretty he's just a bulky kid um so i think if he's able to uh, just get some catches if he's able to even if he has to block and do all the the stuff that a uh, a tight end has to do i have a lot of faith in their ability to uh, push the ball down the field and in terms of the crusaders uh, they're hoping to like i said climb a ladder and, and improve on their win total from last year in chad Mosman's second season and the big thing that they talked about in the preseason was just better team camaraderie just a better more chemistry, more faith, more family, and that's going to be their th theme throughout the year. Um, they have Caleb Gangle at quarterback, but he has Devon West in the backfield. West had a really good year after transferring from West, <laughs> but uh, I expect D Devon and Caleb to kind of have a good one-two punch there offensively, but the key is going to be defense, and it may seem like a silly key, but Mosman talked about this with me as well. It's just tackling better. Just executing the plays that you need to on defense. Just all 11 guys just warming to the ball and making sure that they execute the way that they need to defense, defensively. Uh, how big of a key do you think that is? Not only for healing, but just for those teams who are looking to improve defensively. Well, I, 
Like with any of the teams, I mean, if you have a strong defensive line or linebacking core, I mean, we'll get into that with West, too, in a minute, but any team that has uh, faith in their line, faith in their linebackers, I have a lot of faith in. Um, I think right now, with, uh, with Heelan, like we've, we've kind of mentioned, uh, they've struggled lately, last couple of years, mm-hmm. but going into a game against East, I think it's gonna be, it is going to be tough for them to uh, contain Luke Longval, contain Ethan Snyder. Um, so it's going to kind of be game by game, I think. I mean, if they're, they, they can't get too down on themselves if they're not able to go up against a, a, a quarterback like Longval. I mean, he, he carves up pretty much yeah. everybody that he plays against. So, um, but yeah, if they can just come out of this with a respectable total, I mean, I, I don't see them pulling off a win, but if they can, that's a fantastic That's a fantastic tone setter for um, the Crusaders they can pull that off, absolutely. Absolutely, but if they, if they do lose and they just make it respectable, I think that's a good moral victory for them, too. I mean, just containing and kind of showing a little bit of progress is what they need. The other game at Olsen Stadium on Friday night is Des Moines Lincoln at Sioux City West. West is riding a... Let's just say a lengthy losing streak. Mm-hmm. Let's not put a number on it. Let's just say it's it's a losing streak that I'm sure they're not proud to have, and they haven't had many winning seasons in their history at West. I think this year is a milestone anniversary for the Wolverines. Uh, you you got to talk to a couple of Wolverines at Media Day. What stands out to you about them? I think for them, it's they are still pretty optimistic. I mean, they haven't won in a few years, but I know uh, Coach Brandon Holmes, he seems pretty uh, optimistic going into his second year. Um, I think right now they're excited about their offensive and defensive lines. I mean, just it's a lot of the kids that are playing on both sides, those big guys up front. Coach Holmes is very excited about them. That's He said it's going to be the heart and soul of their team right now. Um, and they do have, uh, as far as I know, still have a quarterback battle going on. Um, Jonathan Jones was the one of the quarterbacks that I got to talk to, um, and he, he just seems like he what he mentioned is what he wants to happen. Obviously, is get some victories, but he said that he wants his uh, his guys on offense to eat. And I asked him, what does that mean? You want them to eat? He's like, my wide receivers, they get their they get their receptions. My running backs, they get their yards. I'm going to be happy, and that's going to lead to some wins. Um, so yeah, I think out at West, it's just optimism right now. I mean, they. They know that the losing streak can't go on forever. Eventually, they're, they are going to go It's got to end at some point. It does have to end at some point. And the day that it does end, it's just going to be a giant party out there. <laughs> it's it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, so that's I am hopeful for them. I think they can probably get uh, get a few wins. I know Coach Holmes, he mentioned that he wanted a, a pretty decent number. I think I believe he said five or six wins. Um, maybe. We'll see. Yeah. Um, I guess... Every team can surprise you. I I see a few wins for them this year. Um, and, yeah, if they can just have a couple playmakers step up, yep. a couple surprise guys, they very very well could do it. The final Metro game of the week is Tri-Valley taking on Dakota Valley. Dakota Valley is at home, and they're at home three times out of the first four weeks, kicking off with this week's game against Tri-Valley. The Panthers have 21 new starters back. Um, but that's not a scary number because they have a lot of guys who were played last year mm-hmm. in, in, in substitution roles and backup roles. So Coach Jeff Vandenhall isn't nervous about the, 20, the number of the 21 new starters because they have so many guys back. Yeah, and that's I get, with the headlines and everything that you see, you see 21 new starters, you're like, oh gosh, what's, what's going to happen? You have no idea. But when you have 
several guys, I forget what the number was, but it's quite a few guys that did get a lot of playing time yeah. last year. So it's not like they lack for experience. They just have to get used to being there at the start of the game, being first on the depth chart. And that comes with its own set of expectations right. anyway, being the starting quarterback or the starting running back. Um, but I, I think that they can uh, they can pull off a pretty decent season. Yeah. Obviously, I mean with with that much experience, I I see good things for them. This and year. they have a tough district to compete against too. They have Vermillion, they have EPJ, they have Canton, so they'll they'll have to compete to to stay competitive and make a playoffs. But I think I think they do, and uh, we'll we'll see what all the Metro teams can do this season here in the Siouxland. Now let's branch out to talk about a few Siouxland teams here, and the first team that I want to go to is Central Line George Little Rock. They are loaded for bear coming up this year. They lost in the Class 2A title game to Wacom. They went 11-1 last year, had a really nice season. Zach Lepper put on a, a real good show, 1,200 passing yards, over 1,600 rushing yards. He's got first team off stater Cooper Spees to throw to, and Caden Van Berkham in the backfield offensively, and of course defensively. They were really good too, and a lot of those kids played two ways. For, for Central Lion, um, I think the key for them is to prove that they are a, a number one caliber team, but they have some tough games. They have SBL in week two. They've got the Beef Bowl against West Lion on September 17th, and, and Boydenhole Rock Valley's in that mix too at the beginning of the season. So they have to prove themselves early. Yeah, the tough part about that team is where where do you go as an opposing defense? I mean, if you want to rush the quarterback or you want to try and get him in the backfield, he pretty easily could just throw it out wide yeah. to uh, to whoever his receivers are. I mean, they they got so many playmakers. They do. They're just they're a very tough team. I mean, being that deep, just being that uh, well versed and kind of spread out talent wise. I mean. You can't just do go after them for one thing. So no. I see I see very big things for them this year. And two ways deep too. We talked about West Lion. We're going to talk about them in a second. But let's talk about last year's state champion, uh, 1A state champion in OABCIG. Yeah, they hit a lot of their success was around Cooper DeGene, but now he's at Iowa and might get some playing time with the Hawkeyes this year. So how do you how do you think the Falcons are going to fill that void with Cooper? Oh, it's going to be tough. I mean, no matter. Who comes into that spot? It, there's going to be high expectations. I mean, we've talked about Cooper many times. Yes. It's just he's a legend out there. He's he was able to do it all in pretty much every sport. Right. Um, it's as a Seattle guy, it's a lot like when Mike Cameron replaced Ken Griffey Jr. I mean, you can't be Ken Griffey Jr. Whoever comes in, you're not going to be Cooper DeGene. You right. have to be yourself. I mean, that's that's going to be the tough part is just establishing their own identity for that team. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's a tough ask, but I, I hope, I'm hoping someone can step up and do it. And to your point, Mike, Mike Cameron had a decent baseball career. Too, he did. So he was like, fantastic. He, he was all right. He was all right. West Line, like we mentioned, they have a lot of good players coming back. Easton Fletchman on the line. He had 15 tackles. He was a second-team off-stater. Jackson Meyer completed 74% of his passes last year. He comes back for his senior year. Also had seven rushing touchdowns. And Dawson Ripeter on the defensive end. He played tight end as well, but he was a defensive end. Um, for West Line, obviously the big key is beating Central Line. I think that'll set the tone for them early in the season, but what else do you see out of the Wildcats? 
Well, like you mentioned, 73% of your passes completed. That's a pretty impressive number there. Um, so I if just rely on that quarterback. Rely. I mean, who, what was the name you mentioned? Easton Fleshman, 15 tackles, second team All-State. There's, there's just a lot of talent, I think, on both sides of the ball. Um, so, yeah, that, if you just rely on that talent, rely on your quarterback, rely on, uh, I guess, rushing the opposing QB, rely on those defensive tackles, I, that's another recipe for success yeah. for pretty much any team. And the last two teams we'll talk about, kind of similar things here between Remsen St. Mary's and Kingsley Pearson, both an eight-player. Eight-player is going to be really deep, and in fact, eight-player is the biggest class of the new six classes, of the six classes this year. Iowa high school football. So that's, that just tells you where the enrollment numbers are going and things like that. But with Rams and St. Mary's and Kingsley Pearson, they have a ton of athletes just throughout the entire school. You see it throughout the entire school year. You see it in football. You see it in basketball. You see it in baseball. But they lose. Rampton loses a key piece in Blaine Harpino, but Kingsley Pearson brings everybody back. And I think Kingsley Pearson has something to prove after having a disappointing end to the baseball season. So, for Remsen, yeah, they were the state champion. They want to prove that again, although they have some contenders in their way. Kingsley Pearson does too, but I think the Panthers have something to prove. Yeah, I mean, we, we covered them a lot during baseball season. They were pretty confident that they were going to get to state and pretty confident they were going to be able to win it. So coming off of something that disappointing and that heartbreaking, like you mentioned, I think there's a lot to prove there. Um, there's there's going to be a fire with that team this year. I mean, they, they were obviously disappointed, and uh, yeah, like you mentioned, they, they want redemption right now. We're looking forward to uh, covering the football season. I know you're excited, I'm excited mm -hmm. as well. Hopefully we can get some teams to state. That would be very, very cool if we oh, could get... Uh, anytime you can go to the Uni Dome, that's yes. a fun time. Yes, the Uni Dome is a fun time. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. He's at Shane M. Lance. I'm at Zachary W. James. And, of course, make sure to check out SiouxCityJournal.com for all your online coverage of high school football, volleyball, cross country, boys golf, fall golf, South Sioux softball, Nebraska softball. We've got a ton of in the fall, and we're excited to bring it to you throughout the entire season. For Assistant Sports Editor Shane Lance, I'm Sports Editor Zach James. We thank you for watching and hope you can watch throughout this season.